Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal, and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with very, very diverse and passionate people from all over the world. My guest today is a very special lady. Her name is Sarah Poe. Sarah is in Singapore and that's where I'm talking to her. She's a psychotherapist and her expertise is in developmental and complex trauma amongst others. And she's also the founder of the Therapy Platform. Welcome to my show, Sarah. Thank you, Payal. <laughs> I'm glad uh, uh, this is the first time we meet, but I can really hear your passion in doing this podcast. I hope I'll be sharing something of value to you and the listeners. Absolutely. I have no doubt <laughs> about that. So before we start talking about, I mean, I'd like to know a little bit about you because, and I'm sure my, my listeners will be curious as well, because, you know, I have um, an audience which is very diverse from different parts of the world. And, you know, so they also like to hear a little bit of the culture element of the country where the guest is from. Uh-huh, right. um, so you're Singaporean, Yes, right? yes, I am born born and raised as a Singapore. I've never really stayed out of Singapore for a very long period of time except for maybe a couple of months. That's more for maybe some training or my own vacation. I took a break. I call it like my gap year (laughs) at the grand age of like 38 years old after I left my previous workplace of 10 years. Yeah, so I'm very much a Singaporean at heart. Okay, okay, that's nice to hear. So you did all your education, everything here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Was it something that you always wanted to do to become a psychotherapist or was it something which you grew into? How did that come about? Well, I, I think I am very fortunate and unfortunate at the same time because during my batch, I was studying in NUS there isn't a course on psychotherapy. I tried to actually study psychology 
I, I did manage to get in. I actually got into social work and I studied economics as well. Um, so I started off working as a social worker. But as a social worker, I'm very lucky to be exposed to a very wide range of problems that people face. So I was working as a community social worker. I meet up with families, couples with uh, marital problems, families who experience domestic violence. So at a very um, beginning, uh, at the start of my career already, I am thrown, like I feel like I'm being thrown to the deep end to actually understand all sorts of problems that people are facing. So fortunately, that experience tell me that I really don't know enough as a social worker. I really feel the need to understand about the mental health of people, not just the social aspect of helping people. So that got me to join. Uh, I was working in Institute of Mental Health. I got to become a, a medical social worker in Institute of Mental Health for about three years before I became a, a full-time counsellor in the psychotherapy service. Yeah. Okay, so so basically it was a journey for you. It was very yeah. much, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So on ground you felt, so it was more, am I right in saying grassroots level to start with? Yeah. And then it progressed and then you sort of realized that you need to get deeper into it and understand more the mental, you know, the, the mental health aspect of things. And that's when you sort of decided to, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That is like a perfect place to start. So I have no regret if you ask me to start all over again, I would say, yeah, I will still continue to start with community and then go deep from there. So that's where I go, Institute of Mental Health, best place to know about mental wellness and given the opportunity I had in terms of training, in terms of supervision, I feel very fortunate to be able to deepen my understanding. And now I'm doing my own private practice and I can have all the credits I, I can go with to my previous employers, to my supervisors, to my uh, all the workshops and conferences that I've attended. And also the experiences. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the actual, the actual yeah. uh, interaction with a a larger community, mm-hmm. right? Because now it's very focused, I'm assuming, on... Can I refer to them as patients? Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it has a few terms to it. Yeah. Right now, I'm calling them clients. When I was working in a hospital, they are being called patients. Um, so I, I guess it's a matter of uh, preference, but there are some subtle differences. And uh, for me, I feel that for a person to have that awareness... To know that they need help itself actually disqualify the persons to be a patient in a sense because they are more like they know what they need and they are going out to search for the service the the service provider they can meet their needs so in a way i feel the word patient is is lowering a person's to the level of not knowing and therefore you need like a doctor to tell you what you don't know of. Where else, um, you know, right now I treat all my clients on the same level. They are their own masters. They are their experts of their own lives. They know what is happening. And my job here is to facilitate by having a very a very focused conversation into uh, their mindset, into their thinking, into their experience, and perhaps ask some questions that 
usually in a social conversation, people don't ask. Mainly because we have lots of social norms to observe, social rules. Plus the fact that um, maybe there's also maybe the stigma around, as well as a lack of mental health knowledge to ask the right questions as well. So, um, so I really feel that the people that I see, they are, they really are the experts in their own lives. And what I'm doing is just to facilitate the expert to come out and to give it some sort of direction, find, yeah, find yeah. a direction and, yeah, on yeah. their own. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So just elaborate a little bit more on the kind of work that you're doing through this uh, platform that you have set up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are different areas of mental health mm-hmm. that you focus on. Yeah. Um, so the platform itself attracts uh, diverse experts. They have quite wide ranging specialization. Some of them specialize in childhood and adolescence mental health like they can um, help people with autism with maybe some global developmental delays uh, in terms of learning difficulties Um, the area that I'm focusing on that I feel most comfortable to work with is um, with the adults who had uh, issues with their childhood experience we call it adverse childhood experience so, so it's a trauma that they may yeah, have gone through. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I see there is lots of um, mental health issues very much related to childhood experience. And if we go into the science of it, uh, it's not difficult to understand that because we have a developing brain. So as a baby, we have like maybe 20% of our adult size brain. So we, we are, our brain is constantly developing right until the grand age of, say, 35 years old. So we are most susceptible to inferences uh, given t- when, when we are developing as a young child. So especially the inference from our parents, we don't have the filter to, to tell what is right and wrong. And we need the affection and love for very primary needs of bonding. Uh, of survival. So not only parents, but basically the entire ecosystem that the child grew up in would actually have a very strong influence in the child's life. And sometimes it's really just unfortunate circumstances that has happened. So that is my area of uh, special interest in helping people. Okay. So you're saying that the environment also, I mean, other than the bond and the love and everything, the environment also has a very large and important part to play in the development of a child, mm-hmm. right? So like a yeah. secure environment, Absolutely. a happy environment. Yeah. So okay. we talk about, we talk about culture as well. Like uh, why some culture, they are very comfortable with physical intimacy, very affectionate, like in the European yeah. country, yeah. they hug with each yeah. other. You know better, you have lived <laughs> in some of these places. That's right. But yeah. for me, uh, as a Singaporean, I know that I am very different from them. Right. Because as Singaporean, I can, I can speak as a Singaporean. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Between me and my friends, we don't hug. Mm. <laughs> I grow up with, uh, with that understanding that, uh, okay, we are friendly to each other, we care about each other, but there's a lack of that expression of uh, physical affection right. to, to each other, and right. that is cultural. And um, 
as as I grow more interested to understand people, I now uh, am able to link an individual mental health with a collective mental health with the history, uh, historical events that happens would actually affect just about everybody in that particular circumstances and that give birth to a particular kind of culture. And here in Singapore, perhaps that's the reason we are not comfortable with the physical intimacy because if you understand about the impact of trauma, the body is dysregulated. So when the body is dysregulated, a breakage of trust with mm-hmm. uh, interpersonal trust going on. But uh, essentially, I feel that there's a, a great need to repair, not just individual, even though I'm working individually, but I really hope to spread this um, understanding and um, build that psychological re- resilience in, in the society. And that's why I'm doing the therapy platform. Right. Um, to have um, a wide ranging of experts coming on board, mix it as easy as possible, as accessible as possible, and affordable. Affordable in terms of price, plus accessibility in terms of location, accessibility in terms of specialization. And um, now we are in this phenomenal age, right? Such a big change in terms of technology. And we are in this pandemic, and that really propel the movement of online counselling. Right. (laughs) But I have a question here in terms of, do you think that online counselling, I mean, what do you think is the impact if you're, you know, in a room, uh, sort of in person doing the counselling versus online counselling? Because I do hear... You know, I've heard often people say that, but if it's online, then it doesn't really somehow that eye contact, the, you know, the proximity to the counselor, it doesn't seem to be there. So do you mm-hmm. think, do you hear that yeah. at all? Yeah, you I, do. it's a hot, hotly debated topic oh, really? <laughs> um, okay. within uh, the psychotherapist uh, circle. Okay. Um, in my experience, I, I have started doing online counseling ever since I left my previous workplace. So I have quite a, I have, a, I see clients. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's face-to-face as well as online. And in fact, uh, some of the clients look, um, look for me because I'm providing online counseling. And that is different from the rest because they are really looking for convenience um, given their very hectic lifestyle. They are looking for affordability so they don't have to pay for room rental. They are also looking for safety. 
So some of the clients I have told me that they feel less comfortable to meet psychotherapists in person, because you're talking about. Yeah, so that's an interesting part. Not everyone is comfortable to meet people in person. Yeah, so through online, actually create that distance and emotional distance, such that the person feels safe enough to disclose more of themselves,、uh-huh. especially of their sensitive, inf- personal sensitive information. They feel that they are in a very neutral space, so they are not at the therapist's、uh, room. Neither is the therapist in their room. Right. They are comfortable in their own space. space. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe. With me, Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So, like, I have a client who would、um, actually say that she feels dysregulated in the session. Like, she feels very, very anxious, and the only way for her to Uh, manage this anxiety is to have a break in the therapy sessions that I'm talking about online therapy session. So and that just happens. She will just pause it and then took off a few minutes just for her to calm down before coming back.、Uh, and then the and she has the session in the comfort of an environment that she's familiar with. So you're saying to be in an environment like. You know, familiarity is also important in、mm-hmm. in some cases, yeah. right? So、okay. for some、uh, clients, yeah, that that,、um, that is more attractive for them. For others, they will re- really、uh, rather have a face to face, right? For every sessions, and there's pros and cons to to both.、Uh, and I think it's good to actually provide both means of having、uh, psychotherapy.、Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so when did you set up this platform? How many years ago was? Oh, it's really new. I was is I tell you, I just、um, launched it beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. So it's really <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I've actually, you know, I'm talking to you at the right time. Exactly. I, I really need people to know about this platform right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many therapists do you have、uh, on the platform? So,、um, do do they? I mean, so how does it work? They're not. They're obviously using the platform, right? They're not employed by you.、Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are independent. We say、uh, independent contractors. Okay. So more like a freelance therapist.、Um, you can say that this is part of the gig economy. If you <laughs> want to use a entrepreneurial stuff to it. <laughs> yeah, but、uh, it does not negate the legitimacy. Of of the service, they are all professionals. Yeah, have a professional membership with、uh, professional associations, and it's just as managed as、um, a public,、um, a professional you can find in the public sector. So the advantage,、mm-hmm. I guess, is that you know their role, their specialization is different. Some may be similar, but、mm-hmm. a lot of them have different specializations. Yeah. So this one platform、yeah. can be approached to have all you know the different options available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We want to because I I think one of the big question people who look for professionals is、um, where to find, and secondly, some specialization is very niche、yeah. and is hard to find. Like for example, I have a therapist who just. Is is uh, newly uh, has newly published her account, and、uh, she specialized in selective mutism. And what is that? 
is a is an anxiety disorder that uh, largely affect uh, children. So only children has uh, mostly, I would say, ninety nine percent. Um, that we have come across are children who experience anxiety problem, and that got them to manage their anxiety by not talking, not talking to perhaps a selective group of people, perhaps in a certain setting like in school. The title or the label of it, just for the convenience of people understanding it, is selective mutism. Mutism. Okay, mutism. so when yeah. they don't, yeah, I, yeah, for a second, so mute, I, yeah, mutism. Yeah, yeah mutism. okay, I get that now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> mutant, not the not, yeah, mutant. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. So, how many therapists are currently on your platform? Uh, we are currently, I, I believe, it's about thirty-two. Oh, that's, that's right. Quite a we, large number. We hope number, to yeah. actually increase to. 50 by the end of the year okay more will come about so if you're one of the therapists listening to this please reach out (laughs) and all your therapists based in singapore not all we have about 50 percent based in singapore some of them are based in uk one in italy one in brazil two in canada about a quarter of them based in hong kong so Hong Kong is our next market that we would like to focus our marketing on. But okay. for now, our um, marketing effort is focused in Singapore since we are really new. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so how did a therapist from Brazil get onto your platform? Uh, through the wonderful social media of <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, so we are in this global village now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Actually, yeah, you don't really have to, you know, you don't have to be physically present in a country or a city any longer. And, you know, I mean, I'm also a voice actor. And, um, I mean, today all I need to do is when I have projects, I just record them and uh, an MP3 file on email to yeah. it could be you know the mm-hmm. other end of the the world mm-hmm. who who's my client yeah. and that's all i have to do they just tell me okay this is the kind of this is the genre this is the kind of uh, voice you know and i just have to record it and off it goes mm-hmm. you know so yeah. you're right that um it is a global village now and you know you could be doing yeah yeah i mean yeah it, it just is so incredible. Incredible. It actually makes things so much easier as well, mm-hmm. you know, because you can reach out to so many more people mm-hmm. and clients mm-hmm. um, as a result of this. You're not just yeah. limited, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. just like this um, therapist who specializes in selective mutism. Uh, even though she is born and raised in Malaysia, she's now based in Canada. So uh, if, this, if, if we don't have the uh, online video call platform available, say, 20 years back, my platform would not be possible. Yeah. yeah. But because she, even though she's based in Canada, she's able to do psychotherapy for people miles away. She's having clients in New Zealand. She's having clients in Singapore, various parts of so the world. So the only thing that she has to deal with... And the client has to deal with is the time difference. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> is there a lot of awareness, mental health awareness in 
Singapore and in the region in this you know Southeast Asia mm-hmm. or, and specifically Singapore is there a lot of awareness people do people actually address it mm-hmm. or is it sort of under the carpet well I I, I may have a biased view about it just because I have been working in the mental health industry. I would say from my observation, the millennials in Singapore are definitely the, the group of people who are a lot more aware when it comes to uh, mental health needs, mental wellness. Um, and now that they are being the bulk of the workforce, uh, it actually calls to their employers to look into mental health. So that is actually encouraging because you can't you, you have to balance mental health with work productivity. Right. The two are interdependent on each other. In terms of awareness, I see lots of effort in the recent years. Even our Singapore's uh, president, Madam Halima Yaakob, she is a strong advocate for mental health. And uh, we see quite a lot of uh, public sector initiatives to bring about that awareness, to lower the mental health stigma. So that's really encouraging as well. And quite a number of uh, startups focusing on mental health is coming about, not just in Singapore, but also in the region. So I think people are awakening to that uh, importance, the importance of mental health, especially during this pandemic now that people are even more aware. You, You don't have the chance to meet up with friends. You don't go to the office to chat with your colleagues, you're not perhaps by yourself. Yeah. And lots of this creature comfort is being taken away. Yeah. And uh, now it's really a challenging time and get people and this actually can be an it's actually a golden opportunity for people to reflect about what keeps them going. And I think mental health is really the cornerstone to do in, in terms of uh, personal development. Hmm. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think we could continue to talk for at least another hour yeah, or so. That's but to say. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Anything else that you'd like to add before, you know, we we end the chat? Is there anything else that you want to say? Not very much, just that as a platform, as a the therapy platform, we are also very much vested in building up relevant mental health content to our readers. We have got talk shows as well, live talk shows. Oh, okay. Um, so we are having our third episode this Friday, 9pm. That will be on the 2nd of October. So by the time you hear this, uh, it will be sometime down the road. But I hope that this will be a permanent feature I'll be doing every first and third Friday, 9pm. So it's a talk show as in, so you have like a panel of yeah. therapists? So I and... will be uh, inviting mental health experts, okay, uh, as well as maybe people who experience mental health and has uh, gained uh, triumph over right. their mental health Overcome, challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it's still for the purpose of spreading this uh, as mental health acceptance and uh, generate that conversation so that people become more comfortable to talk about what really matters to them. And it's on your platform. Yes, so just follow <coughs> us on uh, the therapy platform, Facebook page, LinkedIn, what have you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the, all the multiple accounts. social yes, accounts. YouTube. <laughs> Wow, that's that's great. It's been so riveting uh, listening to you. 
and you know you're doing a lot of good work I can see and um, good luck with with that and I hope my listeners have had a good take take and I'm sure not I hope but I'm sure they've had a good takeaway from whatever you've had to share with me as well as with them so thank wow, you time so really much. flies <laughs> thank you so much for giving me this time to share about myself as well as the therapy platform and um, I wish you all the best the very best for The Melting Pot a wonderful podcast channel that inspire people to achieve their dreams thank you so much I really appreciate that thank you thank you As Sarah mentioned, her journey as a psychotherapist began from the community level before she eventually set up her own platform. She shared some very interesting insights into mental health. So much good work and I am sure it must be very rewarding for her. Hope you've enjoyed listening to Sarah. This is Pyle signing off. Until the next episode of Melting Pot.